Kosin and Ian were mentioning uh, when we tried to figure out how to teach together, three of us, uh, we, uh, we had this exercise where everybody secretly chose lines that resonated and then Greg color-coded them. <laughs> and then it just wound up that there was natural flow to what, to what we chose. So, um, for me, it, it was easy. I just kept reading until I felt my body get involved. And this is the line that brought my body into the verse, into the poem. The lines are, let it go and be spontaneous. Experience no coming or going or staying. Accord with your nature, unite with the way, wander at ease without vexation. So, my, my mind was all engaged until I got to that section. So yesterday, uh, I found a website that had 20 different verses, uh, variations of this poem. This is clearly a popular and often uh, commented on poem. So I just started playing with it. <laughs> and I decided to um, not worry about being linear and precise. It was kind of like, um, felt like I was doing a collage. So I wanted to try something, which is to just hear and have you all listen to different variations of this, of this, um, of this, um, set of, of, of lines. And I took a lot of the words out because I just wanted to feel the visceralness of this. Because what is, what's happening here is that the way is being described by how the body feels when we are, when we are um, in harmony with the way, with Shin. So, um, so I would ask you if you feel comfortable, close your eyes for a moment and just listen to these words. Let it all naturally drop away. Wander the world without cares. Be with the nature of things, calm and easy and free from annoyance. Follow nature, free and easy and undisturbed. Live free and at ease, unbound by grievance. Let it be natural. Letting go leads to spontaneity. Let one's nature be carefree with no afflictions. Accord your nature with the way and go free of troubles. One who is established in their true nature allows things to be just as they are. Holding on to nothing and resisting nothing, one is at peace and content. 
let things take their own course and know that the essence will neither go nor stay. Let your nature blend with the way and wander in it free from care. You're in step with the great way. Thus, walk freely, undisturbed. This is the space that always exists and that holds all within. So just notice how your body feels when you hear those words, when you offer that suggestion of a way of being that we all know and wish and crave for. And I think uh, also what is lovely about this is this um, expression of uh, an intuitive knowing, a body knowing, of knowing that doesn't have to, uh, that just trusts and relaxes. The body relaxes, the senses navigating a world in this kind of flowing, dancing, easeful way. Unselfconscious. And you can sense in it a kind of care and respect for things just unfolding in their natural way. So I think we're all really uh, here in some way or another I think seeking this sense of well-being in our bodies to be able to really release and let go and um, rest in something besides our minds. So this um, question arises um, for me, having practiced so many years, and having um, the blessing and privilege of getting to talk to so many people about their practice and their karma, and it's so hard for us to live this way. In um, Trust in Mind, which is Musong's uh, analysis commentary on this poem, he, a line just struck out at me, something he said. He said, dukkha has a relational quality. Suffering has a relational quality. So suffering arises out of relationship, the way we construct relationships. And this whole poem is basically saying there is nothing inherently bad or good. And we know this intellectually maybe a little bit more than intellectually, but somehow we cannot let go and trust. Something in all of us, at, at least some of the time, holds back and can't spontaneously just let oneself be in, in one's fullness and uniqueness and particularity. So this teaching um, speaks to the way, to the things that get in the way, what divides us from being able to just relax and be who we are. Not some perfect version of who we are, but just how we are arising in this moment without apology and without holding back um, and without dominating. 
And uh, what I also appreciate about this passage is it also doesn't just talk about this as a mental division. There's a visceralness to the way uh, this um, particular teaching talks about what it feels like when we're living from a divided, separated um, stance where we're not just in harmony with things. So I want to now read the second line. This is, what it ha- well, this is what happens in our bodies. At least this is the way the different, um, uh, different translators use words to try to get a visceral sense of what it means to live from a sense of separation. So again, here, here's, some, here's some of the um, translated expressions of what happens when we're bound by thoughts, when we're bound by divisions. So the, the original, the one we are studying, this particular transri- translation says, uh, bound by thoughts, we depart from the real. And sinking into a stupor is as bad. So which is really wonderful because I think we've, we, we have such a narrow view of what is meant by thoughts in this poem. So even if we're not crazy obsessing, having our minds kind of rambling away in zazen, if we're, kind of, if we're disassociated, if we're zoned out, we're not really present. So they're also cautioning us here, sinking into a stupor is bad as being bound by thoughts. <laughs> it is, and so the, the, again, the line is, bound by thoughts, you depart from the real, and sinking into a stupor is as bad. It is not good to weary the spirit why alternate between aversion and affection? So here's some of the words from some of the other translations. Sinking into a stupor, belaboring the spirit. The spirit is troubled. One grows heavier and duller. Becoming heavy, dull, and unwell. Not well, the mind is troubled. You become confused, unclear. This heavy burden weighs you down, sinking into a mental fog. Not right, wearies the spirit. Leaves you tired and dazed, rarely at peace. Everything is murky and unclear. A constant battle of resistance brings annoyance and weariness. (laughs) Sounds like Sashin at least. Some moments of sishing, no? For all of us. So the body is letting us know when we are in some sort of division. And then the next part of the line, where in our translation it says, why alternate between aversion and affection? So it, it points to how miserable we are when we do this. So the logical question then becomes, that the poet points out, why do this then? Why alternate between aversion and affection? Uh, other versions, what is the use of being partial and one-sided then? Then why do we hold or reject anything? Oh, why do we keep judging good and bad? Of what use is this to like or dislike? This is not good. It is not good to worry. The burdensome practice of judging, 
What benefit can be derived from distinction and separation? So as I read this poem and I listen to this poem, and I actually, um, also had my resistances to the poem, frankly, because I thought to myself, it makes it sound so logical, like, okay, yes, it's stupid to do this. <laughs> we get it, you know? We know what the suffering causes. So this is not what the poem is saying, but I hear it as, so why don't you just give it up already, you know? Maybe somebody comes into practice discussion and they're like miserable, and they know they're miserable because they have this particular habit of projecting um, hostility onto the world. They see it. I can point it out. That only really gets so far. And somehow it doesn't penetrate. So um, I also, you know, I love Sashin so much because to me Sashin is this possibility to um, I was going to say simulate, to try to create as, as lovely an experience as possible so that we can um, let go of all of those divisions that we hang on to and just rest. You know, we, we hopefully have, I think we have a pretty lovely schedule. We have a lot of resting and we have zazen and we have ceremony and we, we honor the ancestors and we have swimming time for swimming and hiking and looking at those swallows. We have incredible food. We have an air-conditioned room. <laughs> we have a lovely bed. And we have all these sincere people all around us, all here together, practicing the way. And then um, what happens? All of a sudden, you know, and I used to think, oh, if I just, we just created the right conditions, everybody would be happy. <laughs> 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 and in some ways, all of this loveliness is not felt as loveliness. In fact, it's almost felt as a threat. Or it is loveliness, and we can't enter the loveliness for whatever reason there is. <coughs> so, I can't, I, I, I just couldn't break this poem. I couldn't decide what to talk about. I couldn't figure out how to bridge this. What's going on here? And um, I went to sleep last night, and I had a dream. So the dream is my path to understanding. And when you hear the dream, it'll be, it's so obvious, and yet I had to dream it to remember. And most of you know I'm very emotional, and this dream is still very raw for me. I mean, it's right here. I just dreamt it a few hours ago. So last night I had a dream that I was, uh, I was with a few Sangha members that I, I really respected. I respected their integrity. I do, these Sangha members who came in my dream and were figures in my dream. I, they, they're, they're lovely people. I could say that about any of you. you could, any of you could have stand in for these folks. But they were particular ones that I feel a particular kind of respect for their integrity, 
for their kindness, for their wisdom, and for the way they care, care, have cared for me and for the Sangha. So far, so good, yes? <laughs> so in this dream, I walked into the group and I said something to somebody, one of the members of the Sangha. I don't really remember what I said or what I did. I, 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 I guess I went into that stupor, I disassociated. And um, I knew by the response on their faces it was bad. And it was as if all that light that I had felt coming within them and to me was shut down. And, no and I could tell something was wrong. And the more I tried to uh, scramble to find ground and to reconnect, the more the kind of, they shunned me. <coughs> and in fact, every desperate attempt I made to, to return to a sense of belonging made it worse. And then I decided, well, let me go to some other people <laughs> and try to figure out what's going on and seek reassurance from them. And I did. I went to some other Sangha members, Ian included. I could, sh I could say this as my beloved friend. You know, I went to Ian. He just stared at me. And he just wouldn't respond. And it wasn't the response of, like, I'm taunting in, this, in, the, in the Zendra now. It was the response of, you're dead to me. And I, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, we're laughing, but I'm, it's, it's horrible. And I woke up at 4.40, and my, this whole area of my shin was on fire, and was, I was heartbroken. I wasn't frightened, I was just like, wow, this is all in my heart, and it's so much pain. And this is not just my dream. This is the lived experience we all carry in one way or another. We carry it in our own personal experiences because we are living from separation and we carry it in our peoples and we carry it in our communities. And so when people come into retreat, and I'm all bright and happy and saying, hi. <laughs> and what, what people are telling me, that sometimes I'm too dense to get, but I get because I understand that, is um, I can't trust. It's too painful to trust. It's too hard to trust. What a dilemma for us. We are social beings at heart. Exile and belonging and s all of those are fundamental. And yet we have inherited a world history of violence and domination as we talk about all the time. So, so when I was just thinking, you know, for me personally, what came up also was, um, you know, just one example, uh, and I've spoken about this, you know, as an aging woman, you know, everybody says, you're not that old, 
for most of history, I'm that old. <laughs> I'd be dead by now. And how many, how many cultures have um, just disposed of women once they reach a certain age? Just send them out. Um, or elder people in, in general. And unfortunately, this is still the case. So that's just one little example, and, and, and it lives in us, it lives in me. So as I've spoken about so many times, um, we carry this into retreat, we carry this into community, we carry this into um, all of our relations. And that's the division that happens. This is what we start to do. And then we stay on one side, you know, like, uh, um, you know, I just need to be good. I just need to go to like, you know, and I've got to get rid of everything that's going to be disliked. i got to get rid of everything that doesn't make me fit into this community. Or I resist anything good about this community because it, I have to dislike it because there's been hurt or harm. We have such trouble being in this middle ground of holding both in our hearts. So we're always on both sides of the equation. If I think about these Sangha members in my dream, maybe they've been harmed over and over by someone that looks like me. You know, even the sixth ancestor, we know the story of Zen, sixth ancestor of Zen Wei Nang, uneducated, no formal teachings, comes into the Sangha. His teacher sees him as having carried the sincere heart and wisdom of the true Dharma, transmits him in secret, and has him sneak out of town in the middle of the night because the Sangha might kill him. So this is not just a kind of psychological um, neurosis. It's not just projection. It's not just um, an illogical mind. But what happens is we divide the world, you know. Um, I was talking to somebody, you know, it's like this can become high school again. Who's in the center? Who's on the outside? Who's the cool kids? Who's not the cool kids? Who belongs? Who gets to enter in? Who's afraid to enter in? Who's ignored? And we're trying in this we're trying with our minds to um, sort that out and stay in reality. Okay, what's, 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 what's coming over me? What's true, what's real? So this teaching, the teachings are saying it is actually possible to, um, to heal this. So I, 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 have, I feel this as a very compassionate poem. You know, it's a very smart poem, and it's a very compassionate poem. 
So the poem is asking us to see what keeps us fighting with our with ourselves, with our bodies, with the earth, with love, with hate, and um, and how do we put down our weapons? So in the poem, these are the weapons, the weapons of grasping, picking and choosing, love and hate, for and against, banishing existence, trying to transcend our bodies, our sensory experiences, our histories, or falling into them and believing that's all we are. Right and wrong, subject and object, like and dislike, self and others. The poem just keeps naming it until we don't have any ground <laughs> to stand on. And in this uh, dream, I also got the information about um, what leads me out of this sense of exile and everything that accompanies it. So Shin, we talk about this and um, this idea, it's so beautiful, right, that Shin is asking us to stay with the faith in the heart and the heart is whole. So how do we feel a whole heart? We don't feel a whole heart because we transcended it, because we, we logically found our way through it. But just like um, I did this morning, we feel it. We feel the suffering of those divisions so deeply. We grieve. This is just not my pain. I'm not the only one suffering. And I could say everyone from every position has the same human dilemma, the same fears. So can we be tenderized by the pain of separation, by the pain of being a human being in this kind of world? And feel it so thoroughly that our heart can no longer bear to harm others. Like Kosin said, it doesn't even want to like be violent with it, the glasses, you know? And I know this is a process that we take up and we put our faith and trust in. And that's a lot, it's a lot to ask to give up. And I used to, and sometimes still kind of foolishly say, oh, so it feels painful to think. I, I, I trust the people here and no one will harm you. Of course, that's not the case. Times when I'm coming from division and that's many times a day, I harm everything around me. So we're not going to find, maybe we can, we have an aspiration to become the kind of community that doesn't exile, that doesn't divide that repairs and heals and acknowledges harms within our bodies, between us, between us and uh, this beautiful earth. And 
we have to keep feeling those the, the, the making of the division and the, and the, and the plate and the smart in some ways wise decision to kind of hold back keep it safe you know so many I think of the pain we feel in our bodies the tension we feel is because we are told that if we are just totally who we are we will get reamed And that has always been my calling. I've mentioned that. I've said to my, t to my teachers, how can I fully be myself and not harm anybody else? <coughs> not possible. <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. But I have figured out that I can take myself out of this straitjacket that I can let go of all of the ways society, especially now, is telling us how we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to love and who we're supposed to hate and who's good and who's bad. I mean, it's, it's incredible. This poem is so perfect for this moment. And we're, 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 we're like trying to turn ourselves into pretzels. But the faith I have now is, the faith is that I can take a risk and come forward, not as anyone I imagine people want me to be, but who I am. Some of it's lovely, some of it's funky. <laughs> um, because uh, I am life. And I don't know what's precious and what's not precious. I don't know what's harmful and not harmful, ultimately, in a way. And uh, the way is saying we need to be free and at ease and wander unencumbered. And if we can trust that we can stay present to our impact and return and, you know, arise the next aura, you know, When I first um, started being responsible for organizing Sashin, uh, <laughs> you know, I like to make everything just right. And um, I thought, oh, if I just set up all the conditions and put everybody in just the right seat and in the right room and, you know, on the right roles, everybody will be happy. And then, you know, how, how arrogant. And, um, what starts, to, I, this is what I love about machine. Like, we do the best we can, and we really do try. I mean, I know how much, I know how much the Eno tries, the Tonto tries, everybody tries. And yet, it's so lovely because life just, just has its own way, you know, and things start happening. And it used to be that I'd panic whenever some crisis would happen, you know? And we all have stories of Sashim's, and it's not a good Sashim unless some fun stuff starts happening, you know? <laughs> And, um, and then, um, what's so beautiful is um, what I have experienced mostly is how everyone begins to care for each other. And it's not me, I'm not in the center, you know? Um, so if you don't mind me sharing about the glasses.
So uh, the other day, John came in and he's like, "Ugh, I had a stressful afternoon. I went swimming, and I lost my glasses." Doesn't that sound familiar? Didn't somebody else lose their glasses? Mm -hmm. Somebody else in another sashim lost their glasses. And I remember that somebody else heroically went and found their glasses, dove under until those glasses were found. Happened again. <laughs> I think it was you. went down and dove for those glasses so John can see. It's all okay. That's where my faith builds. Not because things are perfect. So that's a kind of trusting the flow, trusting the natural harmony that arises when we're all working really hard to sensitize ourselves and to take responsibility for all those moves of our mind and you know all the like flashes of duality happening in all of your bodies and minds and hearts at different moments and in mind. And um, the other thing I've come to really trust is um, what we call this way-seeking mind. So this is not something that we um, and it's just, it's such a, again, it's such a privilege to be in this place where I watch and hear something over time. So I've seen the patterns, you know? Intuitive wisdom is just a really deep knowing of patterns, you know? And um, it's listening and putting the way the not knowing and not dividing and getting curious and open. And so, um, I have faith in everybody's um, way-seeking mind. None of you would be here if you didn't have some, some deep intuitive knowing about this mind. It's not even a mind, it's like, oh, mind is so, ugh, just can't touch it. And I, I point, tried to point, look at, Look at how mysterious and beautiful and you know, wise and lovely you are. Oh no, no, you don't understand. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're horrible. I could feel it, like I, you know, like I can, you know, feel my own fingers. And then at a certain point. Even if they don't, if people don't have a name for it, if you all don't have a name for it, it starts to um, strange things start to happen. Like somebody says, "Well, I, even though my body hurt and I was miserable and I'm tired and I didn't get to eat what I want to eat, I want to come back for another sashimi." <laughs> <laughs> um, even though somebody kind of pissed me off and I got hurt, I'm I'm returning back to be in relationship. And there's something uh, we can all sense that this tradition has offered us, um, even if it has to be translated into our own mm, particularity of our lineages and our environments, is something there, you know, that's there throughout all traditions. That I guess is that piece about the Ming, you know, this ancient 
uh, precious knowing. And we can feel it in our bones. It's like it, 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 it resonates. So, um, you know, we, we had another like hit at that. 19 people <coughs> are going to um, go through a ceremonial process to say, yes, I'm committed to um, healing divisions. I'm committed to um, following the precepts, which is basically the, uh, the awakened heart's way of living in the world, which does not mean you got all right. <laughs> really worried if you have followed the precepts purely. Something's off. So don't worry. But follow that way-seeking mind. That, so everyone, and I, I invite all of you to listen to these beautiful way-seeking mind talks. Aaron gave hers to our community. Um, and it's like you can feel it just coming through. And it comes through everything. You see the trees last night. It was like, wow. Sometimes you get a real, you know, the stars line and you just really feel it. So we were walking uh, during Kimian back to the Zendo and the weather had just cleared and the light was reddish and the trees were swaying in front of this reddish light and we're like, wow. <laughs> 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 oh. Trees were swaying at ease without vexation. Just there it is. And our heart was available for it perhaps. So, um, so I'll just share the ending of one more piece about my dream and then I'll end, which is when I woke up, I said to myself, okay, I really feel this pain. I, I feel exiled. What's my way to returning to these folks? What do I need to do? So I was thinking, well, maybe I'll go talk to them and tell them how, how scared and much pain I'm in and what's going on and could you share with me? And, um, and maybe if, uh, we, if we really take good care of each other, we'll do that. But sometimes, even when we do that, um, people can't meet that. Or it doesn't feel healed. Or they say, yes, I'm so sorry. And then two minutes later, they're um, creating more confusion again. So there's something. Um, there's some other requests in Zen that I really deeply appreciated. And the dream had one more piece to it that I dismissed at first, but I thought that's the real jewel there, which is um, as I was leaving <laughs> dejected from my exiled situation, um, for some reason this dress appeared. And this dress was over the top, it had all this, it was really very not appropriate for this. <laughs> it was white, it was lacy, it had a big hat on it. I knew I would stand out if I wore this dress, and I'm like, I can't wear this dress, I'm already exiled, <laughs> this is really bad. And yet, I was like, but this dress fits me. It's my dress. As, you know, um, uncool as his dress is, has wacky and out of style, maybe a little too. Uh, it's my dress. And all I can do is wear my dress and be my dress. 
And that's where the real freedom is, is if we just all, all allowed ourselves to just wear our dresses. <laughs> and, um, you know, in this poem and in our world and in, in our teachings, we say, yes, we might be exiled, but also we might be loved right back. We might actually, people might be looking at us with a lot more generous eyes. We're not always being looked at through the eyes of shunning or judgment, either within ourselves or between. Sometimes we're really truly looked at through the eyes of love. And I know you know this, that like every person is so valuable just as they are. Like if we all looked and acted the same way, it would be so boring. And it, the, the, the sangha would be dull and flat. So, um, you know, my favorite expression, when you are you, Zen is Zen. So this spontaneity, this ease, this unfetteredness, we have to be careful. We have to be careful, but not inhibited. We have to be thoughtful, but not suppressed. We have to be willing to come out in our dresses and let ourselves be seen. So whether, you know, and I think this is the Taoist piece, you know, of like, it, even if everyone in the world shunned me and nobody liked my dress, <laughs> you know, I know I am life. And this is, this is Laura's expression of life. This is, I'm not even, it's not even Laura. There's no Laura there. There's just something arising. And I want to honor life. And I want each of you to honor the life that you are whether it's a, like a wilting tree or an old dress or a beautiful like budding flower. In my mind, you know, this is my lineage. God, Lord, that's so corny. Yeah, there it is. Right there. There's my ancestors. <laughs> so, this is the request of the poem. And when I'm in my hatred, and when I'm in my awkwardness, and when I'm in my uh, not so nice clothes, it's okay. Otherwise, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back in my straitjacket. Everyone's back in my straitjacket. Zen and no, even though, like Brooke said, you know, we look like zombies on the in outside, we're bright, beautiful, shining beings on the inside. And the process of Sashin is just that little mini seven-day process. And any Sashin I've ever been through, people are in all different places at the end, but they are all went through a transformation of some sort. They've all engaged. And whether it's a tenderness and, a, you know, a, a, a quieting down of boundaries and some people need to be alone and that's okay you know some people sneak out right away and then some people just are like eating cake and joyous and so happy to be in connection so I have faith and I don't know how long it takes and what way it takes but we all I have faith in this way I have faith in this body and mind and I have faith that we're all going to wake up and you're a, 
each, and I'm, I, I don't know how many lifetimes it'll take between this, before this little one stops, um, void, you know, just stops coming in. But even this one is, 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 is just, it's just part of what's arising. It's sweet too. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> And that helps me to have more faith, which helps my body to relax and tension to be released. And, you know, um, Kosin and I have been expressing a lot, a lot of weariness lately. And I think the world is weary, and we're all weary, and we're carrying the weariness of the world. So I'm extremely grateful for a place where I feel um, held and nourished, and I can bring my weary spirit and have it um, resonate. And therefore, um, the joy starts to come back and the ease starts to come back. And I wish the same for all of you. <coughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.